Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Buckle up and let's roll for Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. This is podcast 366. We're talking about what colors are the most persuasive. Yes, the science is in. We do know it. I'm going to let you know about that. Hopefully, you're having a great week achieving your goals, getting ready for the goals for next year, staying focused, becoming more persuasive, getting more influential tools in your toolbox because everything you want in life is on the other side of persuasion. Sometimes I need to ask you, how much money have you lost with your inability to persuade? I averaged over 10,000 Persuasion IQ assessments. And by the way, go take your free Persuasion IQ assessment at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Also the place you can get Maximum Influence, the new edition. You get the book for free, pick up a little shipping and handling. So these Persuasion IQ assessments, I used to ask a question, how much money have you lost with your inability to persuade? Oh, no, no! And I averaged them once just for fun. It was $4.3 million. Kind of an interesting number there. So if you're wondering what's taking so long, it's persuasion and influence. Spent some time this week helping college students master public speaking. Not only public speaking, but Zoom speaking. What is the right way to do a Zoom job interview? Because it's a different world. It's become the new normal. Now, some of them have another person on the other side. Some are automated, so you're just speaking to yourself. But it's a good way for employers to kind of weed people out. But it's a different world. Amount of eye contact, amount of energy. Are you looking up? Are you looking down? Background, standing up, sitting down. A lot of things that people don't think about, but the importance of having a good presence on Zoom or Skype. Or they also use other automated systems. So let's kick it off this week with the persuasion, not the blunder, but the ninja. So this happened to somebody I know. I'm not going to name names here. Getting ready to do a surgery, need to take a COVID test. Went and took the test and it was positive, which of course meant no surgery. And of course, everyone's concerned, COVID in the room. And this person says, no, I don't have it. Take the test again. Like, oh, ma'am, you have it. That's what the test says. They went back and forth, says, it's impossible. I haven't been anywhere. Please take the test again. There was a lot of resistance. So the ninja part goes, instead of fighting, yelling, and screaming, she found somebody else, says, excuse me, can you do a favor? This is what's going on. This is what's happening. Is there any possibility, any potential that this could be wrong? So I get one in a million because I really got to get this surgery done. So the ninja goes because you found another person. Because when someone says no, you back them into a corner or you yell at them. And yelling didn't happen here. They'll just hunker down and keep saying no. So the ninja goes, finding another person. Open the door just a little bit. Is it possible? Mike, could it happen? Could this be the wrong result? Getting a maybe. I didn't get the yes right away. Got another test and it was negative. So a couple lessons there. If you're getting too many no's from one person, find another person. Open the door a little bit with maybe, possibly, could you do that? Asking somebody to do a favor for you increases your influence. Are all different tools you can use instead of yelling, getting angry, getting upset, which it works sometimes, that's why we do it, but not always the best influence tool. In fact, I just noticed on a news feed here, I think this is the Washington Post, 
Elon Musk. He's the Tesla guy in the cars. He's the chief executive officer. Anyway, he was feeling kind of sick, had these cold-like symptoms, and he decided to take four tests, four COVID tests. I guess when you got the big bucks, you could do that. I'm not even sure you can buy the COVID test. But anyway, he got four of them, and two were negative and two were positive. <laughs> so if you don't like your results, you can always go back and get another test. And it's going to say eventually what you want it to say. Which brings us to our geeky scholarly article. This comes from HBR, the Harvard Business Review, and Amantha Ember, What Super Productive People Do Differently. Now, I spent a lot of time with self-persuasion, time management, accomplishing more, achieving more, and there were some interesting things in this article that wasn't on my radar. So they go on to say, and this is standard time management talk, is we all have the same hours, but some people accomplish two, three, four, ten times more than other people. So they interviewed authors, musicians, entertainers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders, to try to figure out, okay, what are the routines or rituals, practices, and try to benchmark some of those things. And here are a couple of them. She says to batch your meetings. Now, that's a standard time management practice where you batch your tasks, meaning you do all your email at the same time, you do all your bills at the same time, and try to batch everything together. So you don't have to switch gears all the time with your brain. So that is a common productivity tip. But the interesting thing with this is they batch meetings, calls, or virtual events. And they said that could be equally effective. So if you have to make 10 phone calls, do them all at once. If you have three or four Zoom calls, do them all at once. And this is research from Ohio State University. They said the challenge is when you have a meeting coming up in a couple hours, we get 22% less work done compared to have no meetings at all. So if we're worried, we're thinking about this meeting, our productivity goes down. But if we can go back to back to back to back, then we don't lose that 22%. And think about it, before that call, the big meeting, the one-on-one, -on -one, especially if you're doing the presentation, it's hard to get into the flow to focus on things when you have a major interruption just around the corner or the next hour. And so you probably want to do that when you are cognitively the most alert. Now, one of the things I teach with time management is to understand that as humans, we have a four-hour block during the day where mentally we're on it. We're a little sharper more intuitive, we get more done. Now, everyone's different here. Some people are morning people. Some people are late night people. Some people are afternoon people. But that's the time, that four-hour block where you get the heavy lifting done. And if that's the phone calls, if that's batching your tasks, that's the time to do it. Here's a crazy one. It makes sense, but I never really thought about it before. This was a study done by Brainscape that most people lose an average of two seconds per minute of work by using their mouse instead of keyboard shortcuts. That's eight days a year. So learn the keyboard shortcuts. You're going to get another eight days a year. Now, not all software has shortcuts. Most of the time you can look them up online, but that's an interesting way to save time. Or sometimes instead of the keyboard shortcut, I have a foot clicker, which is kind of like a mouse on the ground to where if it's a repetitive task and I don't have to move my hand to the mouse, I'll just click it and you can program it for any shortcut you want. And I use those quite a bit. Next one is nudge your way to better behavior. Matt Mullenweg, he's the co-founder of WordPress, said that small behavioral hacks can lead to the biggest payoffs. So he found whatever is closest to his bed when he wakes up in the morning is what he's likely to do. So if it's Kindle, he's likely to read. If it's his phone, he's likely to dink on his phone. So he says, alter your environments. Make the things you want to do easier to do and things you don't want to do harder to do. So if that means putting your phone in the other room, charging in the other room, you might 
start some better habits. In fact, I was reading a different study a while back, and it talked about eating chocolate. And they found that if there was a bowl of M&Ms on your desk, you were going to eat a lot more than if they were in the drawer of your desk versus across the room versus in another room. So the further it was, the harder it was to get to, the less chocolate you ate. Here's one that I do. Read your work out loud. So if you're writing something that's really important, read it out loud. And they're getting this from New York Times bestselling author Daniel Pink. And he says it's a great test. Does it sound right? I know with all my books, I'll record the audiobook while I'm editing it because when you say it out loud, it just rings differently. You pick up different things that way than if you just read it silently. Now, it's a little more time-consuming, and people might think you're strange, but it keeps the language simpler, and the writing is easier to understand and digest. So it's a great way to proofread, to make sure your meaning's getting across, and the person on the other end getting the communication, it's going to make a lot more sense to them. So there's some tips from the Harvard Business Review, some hacks, some self-persuasion hacks to get more done. Which brings us to listener email. Oh, boy. Remember when I use your email on the show, you get the gold access to InfluenceUniversity.com where you get the advanced persuasion tools. There's also another one if you want to beta test with me, the 111 sales hacks. They're three four-minute videos. Here's the tool. Here's the science. Here's how you apply it. There's actually over 111. I think about 123. You want to help me beta test that? I'll put a link there and give you a great discount there at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You can also reach out to me if you want to send me a question or if you have a group. I'll give you a free webinar on persuasion and influence. So this email comes from Greece, Papa Giorgio. I think that's how we say it. So Papa Giorgio from Greece says, Kurt, hello from Greece. Appreciate your podcast. Thanks for your research and your hard work. Quick question. What is the biggest change in persuasion with COVID? Is it different in every country? Is it the same around the world? What have you noticed? What are your observations? What do we need to change? Well, Papa Giorgio, there's been a lot of changes, and it's pretty much universal around the world. I mean, you're going to find some differences based on cultures and, and based how much the country shut down. The big one is fear. I mean, there's just a lot of fear out there, and when people feel fear, they stall. They don't want to make decisions. They don't want to know what the new normal is. They want to put things off. We need a little more stability in our life, and so that fear, that worry will freak people out and cause them to delay decisions. I know that's happening with a lot of salespeople. The companies they're contacting, they're trying to put things off. Let's see the new normal, what's going to happen, what's going to be with the economy, and they put things off. So it has been harder to get quicker decisions for a lot of people, depending on the industry that they're in. So that's one. And the fear factor, they will stall more. The decision-making process for a lot of industry is taking longer. We're not touching anymore, and that includes handshakes. Everyone's distancing. We could tell a lot by a handshake and touch, a touch on the shoulder, a touch on the arm, a handshake. There was a connection there. It's a great way to build rapport. That does depend on culture and, of course, background. But that's going to be a tough one because a lot of people in HR would shake hands. That would tell you a lot about the person. One study found that a bad handshake will set you back one hour in building rapport. So, I mean, that might be a good thing if you're a bad handshaker. So the touch factor is changing. I don't know what that new normal is going to be. You know, now we're bumping, we're hitting elbows, people are clicking their feet. The way we communicate, 
the Zoom training. I know my world's changed dramatically doing the Zoom trainings online, getting the energy across, keeping people's attention online. It's just not the same when you have to read a room, feel the emotion in the room, been able to scan and see everyone's faces. I mean, there's pieces of that on Zoom, but that's changed dramatically. And before COVID, trust was an all-time low, and now it's even lower. So trust is not getting better. It's getting hard, especially trusting someone in a room, sitting down with someone is much easier to do than through Zoom or through email or through the phone. So that's my take on it. Some of that's just a gut feel. Some of it was based on science, but there has been a change. And when people feel fear, it takes them a while to get out of that fear. Even when people reassure them, oh, there's no more downsizing. Oh, COVID's gone away. You won't get fired. Things are all better now. You have to hear that for a while and really trust and believe the person, but it doesn't happen instantly. So it might take a little while, even if they eradicated the virus. It would still take a little time for people to buy in. All right, Papa Giorgio, great question. And I'll send you access to the gold version of InfluenceUniversity.com. Which brings us to the content today. What are the most persuasive colors? So if you have my book, Persuasion IQ, this is Persuasion IQ question number 11. You can take the abbreviated version online again at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You get to do that for free. See where you rank. See how many persuasion tools you really have because most people are in denial. They don't realize they have a lot to learn. So what is the most persuasive color? Now, this does vary by culture, but there are some universal things about colors that we can talk about. The first one being, what is the first color that registers in the human brain? Is it A, red, B, orange, C, yellow, D, white, E, gold? Survey says answer is C, yellow. Now, most people default to red, and red's number two, but the answer is yellow. If I put all the colors, the whole spectrum up on a wall, the first one your brain would see would be yellow. That's why fire trucks and fire hydrants are turning yellow. That's the first thing that grabs our attention. Now, it's also the first one to probably annoy if you wore a bright yellow dress or bright yellow suit or made your whole presentation in yellow, it would grab attention, but it would make people tense after a while. You see, countless hours of research tells us color matters. That's why companies spend millions of dollars on packaging and the color of their food. In fact, one study I saw said color accounts for 60% of the acceptance or rejection of an object or person. Now, again, we've talked about this on the show. This is all done on a subconscious level. Now, this can vary by profession. Red to a doctor is different to an accountant, which is probably different to a police officer, which is different from your English teacher who would use a red pen to correct your writing. An interesting study was done at the U.S. Naval Correction Center. This is in Seattle, Washington. There was this holding cell, a lot of aggression, a lot of fighting. And they said the people there were very hostile. So what they did is they painted all the walls pink. Okay, And after 10 to 15 minutes it reduced the aggression. The fighting went down. Now, the challenge with pink, it promoted other feelings. All right, I'm kidding on that second part to see if you're listening. But that's the power of a color. Pills. A lot of people felt white pills were weak, but the black ones were stronger. Blue pills relaxed people. Pink pills, they felt more energy. Even the color of the coffee container. So that is with 200 people, they were asked to judge coffee served out of four different containers, red, blue, brown, and yellow. Now, they all had the same brand of coffee. Everything was exactly the same. 
but they were coming out of different color containers. See, the yellow container that was too weak, the blue was too mild, the brown container was too strong, but the red container was rich and full-bodied. Just saying, colors. Colors of food. When margin first came out, it was white. Uh, you don't want it looking like lard. A gallon of milk, if they taint the gallon of milk yellow, the plastic, it'll last three days longer, but no one will buy yellow milk. Both Coke and Pepsi have tried clear colas. No, colas not clear. Or Heinz ketchup came out with green ketchup. People liked it in blind taste tests. Of course, it didn't work out. Even laundry detergent in a yellow box, that's too harsh. Blue box is too weak, but blue and yellow is just right. It was the same detergent. Now, the one thing I promised to talk about with clothing, what is the most persuasive? When you see these political debates where they spend so much time in research and focus groups on colors and the color of ties and the color of clothes that they wear, because it is important. They're different triggers. Again, it varies by profession, varies by culture, but the studies do show for guys, red, white, and blue still holds the best. Red suit, blue shirt, white tie, little horns on your head. No, I'm kidding. It's the blue suit, white shirt, red tie still holds the best. The key factor there for male and female, it's contrasting colors. Sure, it might be the style to wear a black suit with a black shirt and a black tie, and it might look cool, but there's nothing to contrast. So usually darker suits pull better with contrasting lighter colors, but people do judge you on your appearance. So take that one to the bank, blue and black suits, darker colors with contrasting lighter colors. Pulls the best if you want to grab their attention, wear a bright yellow suit all day. <laughs> okay, not recommending it, but if you do, let me know how it goes, and I'd love some feedback on that. So that's our podcast for the day. Make sure you hit like, subscribe. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And also check out the channel on YouTube, Maximize Your Influence, where I take something I talk about the podcast, supersize it, and take a little bit a deeper dive to make sure you have the tools, you understand exactly what you need to do to persuade and influence. I'll put the link to the beta program, 111 Cells Hacks. I'm excited about it. Would love your feedback. And for that feedback, you'll get a serious discount, 90% off. So that's at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Also, you can reach out to me at Kurt, K-O-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. So watch the colors that you wear, manage your time better, adjust your persuasion for COVID, and go out and persuade with power.